0: One, you may be wondering, some of you I know are church calendar purists, and you're saying, wait a minute, this is uh, not Pentecost? And as uh, a youth in the the church told me just a few minutes ago, what'd you do? Did you forget that uh, Pentecost is like 50 days after Easter and you already had the bulletins printed so you just had to go with it or something? And I turned to my daughter and said, no, that's not the case. <laughs> that I just, uh, you know, the church calendar is made to serve us, not us to serve the church calendar. And so sometimes it helps to switch things around a little bit. And uh, I thought, uh, you know, with Pentecost actually being in the middle of June so far separated and in the midst of a Different season. Let's give it a couple Sundays, even uh, right after um, Easter and the celebration of the resurrection, because of the absolute essentialness necessity of the Holy Spirit truly being alive. As as we were just singing and just praying, Um, if you don't remember that the Pentecost um, was a uh, one of the three um, Jewish. Uh, festivals where everyone who was Jewish would gather in Jerusalem and they would have a festival, and this was to celebrate one of the things they celebrated was the end of the grain harvest. They also eventually the the uh, uh, temple added that this was the day that we celebrated the the God giving the law to us God giving to Moses, meeting with Moses. And giving the Ten Commandments on the top of Mount Sinai. And um, the, uh, so all would be gathered in a huge festival-like atmosphere um, in, in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And what we'll see in a few moments when we look at the passage is how God replaces the law with the Spirit. And how the power of God meeting with Moses and bringing the law is overcome by the power of the Spirit dwelling within all of the believers. We've seen um, a number of uh, evidences of great power in the last several weeks. Whether it's tsunami, earthquake, or tornadoes. We, we see the power of great wind in our, uh, in the southeastern part of our uh, nation, and uh, yet that power was destructive, and that, that power was applied upon us. What we're going to see when we look at the power of the wind of God, of the spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit, we're going to see a power that is constructive. And a power that doesn't isn't applied to us, but within us and through us. So we're going to look at Acts chapter two, starting with verse one, which is the, as we'll see, they're gathered, the the there's 120 Jesus followers that have gathered together, really. And they've they've gathered together during the Jewish Festival of Pentecost and we'll see how the Spirit comes and remakes, re- renews, remakes this particular celebration. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your living Spirit who resides within us. We ask now that your your Spirit would would prepare us for what you would have to uh, teach us, how you would that want to change us. You would want to lead us. Help us to put aside the things that can distract us or tempt us away from You. Help us in this moment to be honest with You and honest with ourselves to truly take the next step that You are leading us to. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It's Acts uh, chapter 2 starting with verse 1. found on page 885 in your pew Bible if you want to turn there. Or you can follow along in the, on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they, they being the 120 of Jesus followers of the time, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astounded, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, And visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I want to, to note a couple things with this particular event, which is really a crucial and essential foundational element. This is the birth of the church. I mean, these are the first breaths. I just had a new baby across the street, yeah, and born just this week. And those crucial first breaths are, are essential, definitive. And these are the first breaths of the church. The, the first thing to note is... Up until this time, the church is powerless still. They're still huddled in an upper room, just 120 of them. Without the Spirit, there would have been no other steps taken. They had had three years of the best spiritual teaching divine truth presented to them in ways they could grasp i mean it was the best it was the best teaching any human being will ever have the best teaching that any that they received in those 3 years than we will all have together in our lifetimes because they were with god in the flesh they were with jesus face to face better than any graduate school seminary Better than any other human teacher combined they had it, and yet they were still powerless weren't yet complete they'd had fantastic religious experiences I mean they had been to the mountaintop a couple times now they'd seen Jesus heal people they'd been healed they'd eaten the bread and he fed thousands with. Yeah, they'd seen it happen, they'd eaten the bread, so it's what a high. And, and they had not only one, I mean, it's almost unfair. Not only one, but I mean, I, I'd take a quarter of a resurrection. But but they got to experience two. They saw both Lazarus and Jesus raised from the dead. What powerful religious experiences, spiritual highs that they would have had. Yet, they were incomplete. Huddled in an upper room. Until the power of God in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit came to reside within them. Until that happened, they... Were powerless. But when the Spirit came and gave them and filled them with the power of God, then they were unleashed. We today live in the same age of those 120. And it was Moses, David, Abraham, Deborah. Those guys, they lived in the age of God's manifestation as God the Father. And that was the, the way that God revealed God's self to them, was God the Father. Then, you know, Mary and Martha and Peter and John, they got to experience the manifestation of God as God the Son. It was the age of the Son in a manifestation of God to His creation. And now, after Pentecost, after this event, we, just like those disciples in that day, we experience the reality of God just like they did in the presence of God the Holy Spirit. We are in the age of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely necessary for the Spirit's power to be at work in us today. Just like it was in the first breaths of the church almost 2,000 years ago. Now, this power, then it comes from God. The power of the Holy Spirit then comes upon each individual Christian there. Now, I think God wants to make it clear here. A lot of times God doesn't give us these kind of details. You know, and we spend a whole lot of time trying to figure them out. That's a whole nother sermon. The waste of time we spend on details that God says you don't need to know that. But on this one... He demonstrated that the Spirit came upon every believer equally by having little flames spread apart... And that each one who claimed to follow Jesus had that flame fall upon them. So that every one, each one, you and me, everyone in this room, everyone in all of creation who claims Jesus as Lord and means it, can only do so because the Spirit has allowed them to do so and the Spirit resides within them. I mean, Paul says as much, the Apostle Paul says as much in First Corinthians chapter 12 where he says there's no way we can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if we've said that and meant it, then the same Spirit who was in Peter on this day is in us, each one of us today. It's one of the wonders of God. He, he does not call those that are qualified for his mission. He doesn't call those who are particularly strategically gifted for His mission. He qualifies those He calls by the gift of His Spirit within us. So if you, are a follower of Jesus, then you've been called to the mission, and you are filled with the Spirit, and you have everything you need all the, the, the power of the universe, to the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you for the work of the mission that he's given you. It, it, it's important to, to note here that so the, the pow- it's necessary for the power of God for this day to come. This is not just sort of a, an added bonus here. This is absolutely essential for the church for the power of God through the Holy Spirit to come. And that that power of God and the Holy Spirit comes upon every single human being who claims Jesus as Lord. And the purpose, the purpose of Him coming in us, empowering us, equipping us, teaching us, leading us, healing us, forming us, doing all that He does within it. The purpose is so that we can carry out His mission. Absolutely crucial to understand that so that the the disciples there gathered the spirit within them, the power of God within them, and then they are dispensed amidst the world that had gathered there. And every na- the reason the whole list was there is because the the Luke who wrote Acts is saying every nation was represented at this place, and so then there's only 120. People who are Jesus followers, they're all basically from the same general area. They all speak basically the same language. But God then gifts them in that supernatural moment to represent what the purpose of His church is so that He can fill and empower so that then we are sent out to continue to carry out His mission so that those outside the community of faith might be able to hear it in their own language and in their own mother tongue. And so all the other work that He does in terms of healing us, in terms of teaching us, in terms of guiding us, informing us, is so that we can carry out that mission. It's a great corrective. Again, and I've talked about this a few times before, that uh, that main American religion of of therapeutic, moralistic deism. You know, that, that... Understanding of God is that God's therapeutic. If I'm hurting, God's going to make me feel better. Well, that may be the case. And if it is, it's for the purpose of the mission. Because there are times, I mean, of these 120 people that were here, they were empowered to carry out His mission. But they faced persecution and pain and suffering and struggle. I... The church history tells us that at least 11 of them, the 11 disciples, were were all killed. They were martyred for the faith in order to fulfill this purpose. So this spirit comes upon us as the church so as to fill us, enable us, strengthen us to carry out God's mission. Again, a good corrective on this therapeutic, moralistic deism. The, the moralistic part is that God sort of just gives us some good rules to follow that are really good for life, which, again, that's true, he does do that. And the deism is the thought that God is sort of he got everything rolling and he sort of sticks his finger in it every once in a while, but other than that, he's sort of sitting on his front porch on his rocking chair, just watching. And then when we call, then he gets us out of the trouble we get into. Which is not the God of the universe. I mean, and this story is clear. That the God is present in each of us then so that we are enabled and empowered to carry out his mission dispersed in our workplaces and in our schools and our neighborhoods and our communities and our homes. Wherever we go, the Spirit of God lives within us so that there we carry out His mission, where we are His good news, where we speak His good news, where we share His good news for the salvation of the world. Now what I invite and and challenge you to do with me in these next two weeks is to join with the early church. And we just stopped this last week. For those of you that were here Five Sundays ago, four Sundays ago, uh, when Jerry Kirk was here and we had the prayer covenant that we've been praying for 30 days that ended this last week. And, and one where I had a number of folks say, man, what a powerful time of, of just a sense of God's presence, of God's victory, of God's joy as we were praying for one another. Well, what I, I want to challenge us to do for these next two weeks is to join in the spirit of Pentecost of the early church. And morning, noon, and night, whatever three times spread out through the day, I mean, you know your day better than I do. What's the, the best time for you? But morning, noon, and night, simply to pray, Holy Spirit, take control of me today for your mission. I mean, it's really nothing more than what we just were singing. You know, breathe on me, Spirit, rain on me. Holy Spirit, take control of me today for your mission. Now, I want to give a Surgeon General's warning here. Because that's a dangerous prayer. You know, Holy Spirit, take control of me today. Now, what, I, I, what I've done is I, I put an alarm on my phone at 9 o'clock, 12.30, and 5 o'clock. And so it just pops up. It says, "Holy Spirit," on my screen, just to remind me at that time. Holy Spirit, take control of me. And I challenge you, even dare you, to do the same. But no, that's a dangerous prayer. And there may be a part of you, there's a part of me. I don't know that I want to do that. Can I say, Holy Spirit? Can you take part, take control of this part of my life? can I, always, I like you, Holy Spirit, at church and at home. But at work, you're really getting away. You know, At school, ah, it's really a bummer, Holy Spirit, for you to be there. Except on test days. And, and it's, it is good to make light of that. But to get in touch. That there are parts of us that are tied back to Adam and Eve that we don't want to give over to the Holy Spirit. We don't want to. It's our own pride, my own arrogance, or or my lack of trust that God truly is good and He knows what is best for me. Holy Spirit, take control of me today. You know, not yesterday, not tomorrow, not when I graduate, not when I retire. Take control of me today for your mission. mean that is in line with what happened when the church was born around 2,000 years ago. And then what I ask you to do is then share your story. I'd love you to share your story with me. Share your story with the church. Because if you're asking that, I mean, if there's just one person here who seriously hears that and says, okay, Holy Spirit, take control of me today for your mission, God will answer and things will happen. Even if it's just little things. Even if it's just the alarm goes off, I'm driving down the road, and I see a car on the side of the road with the flashers going on. Usually it would be God be with them because I'm not going to be late. Instead, I dropped Nate off, just went and saw him. Nobody had helped him. they were waiting for, you know, the tow truck to get there and they couldn't wait till tomorrow. You know, that goes. So just went and got a, bought a gas can, filled it up with a gallon and took it to him. And we just had a small little praise meeting. And the, as he's, we're on, uh, Wenton and and he's putting gas in the car and he said, thank God. And I said, thank God. And Have a great day, God's blessing, and he's gone. You just don't realize, for me, that's a big thing. Because when I'm driving, i got blinders on. But simply saying, Spirit, take control of me today for your mission. Tell me your stories. Yeah, you know, go, go on the chpc.org. Go to the blog. Go to the Facebook site. Uh, email you know, chpc at chpc.org. You know, can't make it any simpler than those things. Or you know, if you really want to go retro, get out a pen and a sheet of paper and uh, write, write it down. Or just tell me face to face. Or tell somebody. Just what are the ways when we submit ourselves... And we wait like our forebears for the Spirit to fill us, empower us for the Spirit's mission. Put a reminder on your computer, put a reminder on your window, whatever it is, or on your phone. Holy Spirit, take control of me today for your mission. Now, as we come to healing stations and, and communion, I pray that this passage in, in infuses healing stations and communion with even more power and meaning. That we're, we're not just coming to healing stations so that we can feel better or so our friends can feel better. You know, that's a good thing. We, we want that. But we're coming so that we can be healed, touched. Re- our relationship's healed. Our soul is healed. Our body is healed. So that we can carry out this mission so that we, we are prepared that God gives us all that we need to fulfill the mission He has for us. And we gather around the table we, we not just to, to receive forgiveness, to, to recognize the forgiveness that we've received in, in Christ's sacrificial death for us and the power that we have in His resurrection. It's not just to receive that, but it's to receive that so that we then get to be a part of His mission wherever He disperses us. To speak in the language of those that are hearing around us but are outside of His community so that they too can see and hear of the power of God that isn't destructive but is constructive. As we've been singing, that brings freedom and peace and truth. So I invite those that will be at healing stations and invite those that will be at communion stations to come forward. Those that are at healing stations will have little vials of oil. Oh, I don't have one anymore. But little bitty white things like this that uh, folks will have around the sanctuary. And they'd love to pray with you and for you Um, Whatever the healing might be for you or for another, uh, you can stand in the stead of another, and uh, they'll anoint you with oil and pray for your, your healing. Pray for the healing of another so that we are prepared and ready and well to do the work that God has for us.